Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Cheeky Vibe, Peaceful Life. My name is Lauren Mazadonsky. And my name is Michelle Moss. Good morning, listeners. Good morning, Lauren. How are you today? Good morning. I'm uh, still a little sleepy from our trip, but I got my coffee. It looked like you had a really nice trip, and I'm sure you got some rejuvenation and some time to relax a little bit. Oh yeah, that's it's definitely my happy place and my the beach is my place to think. And I even brought a fresh notebook. Did you so fill it? Fun. Did you fill the notebook? Not completely, but I definitely like I just kept going. The one day I was like, this is a lot more than I normally journal, but there's just something to me about all like everything about the beach. The watching the movement in the palm trees and hearing the waves and just, uh, it's so relaxing. I can seriously feel my whole body calm down. Oh, me too. That's my happy place as well. But today we, um, we wanted to just chat on something, you know, a lot of people come to me as clients or go to Lauren as clients. Um, and so we wanted to have something to put out so that anybody interested in going to therapy or coaching would have a little bit of a game plan on what can work and what helps those sessions go well and help growth happen. So I actually saw this article in psychology ticket today by Marina Harris, who's PhD. And I thought, well, this is something we could start on and then elaborate with our experiences and what we've seen in our practices. So this article is about qualities of a brave therapy or coaching client. And I'm just going to run through them real quick. And then we're going to go back and go through them individually. So to be successful in therapy or coaching, you need to have a collaborative spirit. You need to be open. You need to be flexible and you need to be curious. And those are interesting qualities that you would think of, but this leads to success. So starting with collaborative, you know, it's the therapist or the coach with the client, it's two people. So what does that sound like to you, Lauren? When you, what, what have you experienced with collaborative working together? Um, as soon as you said that, it made me think of, you know, being able to brainstorm together and really listening to your client and helping them pull those things out of themselves, asking them good questions. And also for the client is to just really be able to be open and coachable. Right. And I think for me, this part is, I say this to my clients in the first session when I'm doing the assessment is that, you know, I cannot have, I don't have a magic wand. I don't have a magic pill. I don't have a magic bullet. That's going to fix them. Um, the therapist and the, and the client work together. It's, I always say this, I am here to help the client help themselves. I'm not here to fix them. Yeah. I'm here to teach and, and skill set. you know, teaching those skill sets, but they have to take part in it. Collaborative means both parties are working. It's not me just saying all this sage advice and it's just comes like an aura about you, you know, it's work. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second one you have, you've, you mentioned is being open. Um, and you had said there were, that something happened at one point and you had a coaching session that you were the actual client and something bad had happened. And sometimes those hard things we don't want to talk about. So what did you find when you talked about those things? Like 10 minutes before your session, you have boom, something happens. 
Oh, I was just thankful I had one. It was like I had a situation and I was like, got on my call. And it was interesting because then, you know, obviously a little more high emotion because it just happened. But it was so good because in the past I would have sat there and like I, I was definitely an overthinker in my past of turning a situation into like five different stories and spinning on it all day. And it just would have took so much of my brain power and energy of the day sitting on a situation or even longer sometimes. But that's what I love about knowing like I can have a session talk it through, kind of hear maybe another perspective. And just sometimes even me saying it out loud, then you look at it in a different way. You're like, really? That's what I'm thinking. Um, so it was just like so helpful because it didn't then consume the rest of my day. I got it done. Right. And you also mentioned, and I've had this with clients too, clients that will skip an appointment or um, say, I, I can't make it today or I'm, or come in or off clients come in and say, I'm really, I was really anxious on the drive in. I was really dreading this because they had some hard things to talk about. And that's having that courage to talk about the hard things because holding those yeah. emotions inside can stall the growth process and the healing process. So sharing it, vomiting it out of your head. And then also having those skill sets of calming and coping at the end. So, okay, we're talking about hard things, but we're going to end it with how do we, how do we get through the rest of the day? You know, how do we put things in place so that you're not resonating on it all day, but we're going to talk about it and then we're going to keep it, you know, in a place where you're not going to be ruining your whole day. Um, but it's hard to talk about those painful things, but then after they talk about them at the end of the session, I'll say, okay, how do you feel? And they'll say, I feel so much better. I'm so glad I let this go. And when we talk about how hard communication is, you know, it's hard to share hard things, but it's hard to share anything. When I have people sitting on my couch, just like you, we have that. What's the biggest problem in relationships? Nine times out of 10 communication, Communication. right? People just don't communicate. So it's not just community. People get stuck with shoving it down. So they're not, they're not even just shoving down the hard things or shoving down everything, but especially the hard things being open helps release that stuff and the healing can start. Um, the next one is flexibility. Um, willing to try something new because when people come into counseling and you know, the cliche, the old statement, the, the definition of his insanity is trying the same thing over and over and expecting a different result while flexibility is, okay, let me listen. Let me think about this. Mm-hmm. Let me get out of this black and white, rigid thinking, all or none thinking. And if I can change well, my- that. And I also feel something I would add to that is um, I feel like sometimes people don't want to open up about certain things if they're pre like judging themselves or judging um, something from the past. And it's like, we have to let release all of that judgment. Like you as a therapist, me as a coach, we're not judging. Don't judge yourself. Let's work through it and get on the other side of it. But a lot of times I feel like people hold back and they don't say everything they're thinking or everything they're feeling because they're prejudging. Right. Well, the societal shoulds come out, but they also, you're right. I've had clients say, I was afraid to say this. And I always tell them, and first of all, any, any of the, any therapy, any coaching, it's relational, it's relationship building. You have to have a relationship first. You're not going to get the deepest, darkest, hard stuff in the very first session, usually. Um, but you have to work on that relationship and trust and feeling like you can, you can move through that stuff. Um, but you have to be willing to put that stuff out there. 
that's the hard part. Yeah. The really hard part. Um, the last one that's interesting is curiosity. Um, look at challenges in a way of curiosity instead of judgment. So the shoulds, instead of the shoulds coming out, well, instead of saying, I shouldn't have yelled at my kid, I shouldn't have said this. The thought would be the curiosity part would be, why did I react this way? That's what you talk about with your journaling or, you know, thinking about things. Yeah. Trying to get to that, to get to that why, when you, when you react a certain way, trying to get to the whys. Um, And I always tell my clients, I'm not here to judge you. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to love you unconditionally. No matter what you tell me, it's going to be okay. Right. And once that relationship is built, you definitely feel that way. But I think curiosity allows us to learn about ourselves. That's what gives us our insight. You know, when you journal, is there ever a moment you're like, aha, like I didn't even realize I was thinking that way. Yeah. Daily. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. Yes. But that's like, I love bringing curiosity into coaching. Um, and for myself, because then if, if you have a thought and you explore it in different ways, or like you said, the why behind it, it's, it can reveal so much more when you look at it in that way. Yeah, I agree. The whys are an important piece. Um, and again, going back to what we're doing is teaching some skill sets so that clients can help themselves. It isn't about us giving this magic cure. And then the other piece of that is, and we've talked about this a little bit, when we teach something or we learn something together, generalizing that outside of the therapy setting or the coaching setting, it's not just let's talk about this. And then as soon as you walk away, you forget everything we talked about. It's generalizing it to, okay, how do I use this with my children, with my significant other, in my workplace, in my social settings? How do I continue to use this because practice makes it much more. You remember it much more if we keep doing it over and over again, generalizing it. A lot of times I've worked with clients and and I'm sure you've already found this, even though you haven't been doing yours as long, a client will come in every day, every single session and say, I, I am so upset about this. I'm so upset about this. And then you go over some skill sets and we talk about some plans and they go out the door and they never do anything different. And they come back in and they say the same thing. <laughs> Very frustrating. Have yeah, that's why that? I like to give a little bit of homework in between, like either a couple journaling questions or just something related to what we talked about so that they can put it into a little bit of practice. Like you said, it's not just like come back to the next session and, you know, starting all over. How do we build on it? I loved, um, thinking of it this way is like a game of Jenga. Like when you're coaching, like each session is like that game piece. And then you're just taking out another one and, and really working through all of the things that show up for you. Yeah. I, I love that. I do think it does help to generalize when you give some sort of thought provoking uh, question or homework, not that you, you don't want it to always be writing, but it can be something as simple as you, you know, i say this to a lot of, how would it feel to hear the words that are about to come out of your house just, or out of your mouth, just using those pause buttons and thinking about what you're saying. Um, and again, we talk about communication being the biggest issue in relationships. It's really 
anything can be said, it's all in the delivery. We go back to that. Some people think if I say this, it's going to be a bad thing. It's just, you have to say it in the right way. You have to say it in a, in a way that's going to be heard. Oh, I definitely recognize that now for myself, a lot of times, um, in my past with communicating when I was very insecure, I know that I probably came off defensive or came off probably more bitchy because I was insecure and I was leading with that emotion. Mm -hmm. And that's why now, like I've learned for myself, I sometimes have to step back so I can think through a situation and then approach it with a way that I would actually communicate it. Cause in the moment, if you're speaking out of insecurity, out of defense, like it's just not going to come off how I would really want it to come off. Well, and what you just explained is you had curiosity about it and figured out the why as to why you were coming across with your emotions. And it was under with pain or whatever was underneath defensiveness that once you did that growth and figured some of that stuff out and was curious about it and open about it and flexible about it, you worked through those things. And that's, that's the, the living example of that. So yeah. Okay. So again, four qualities of a brave therapy or coaching client include a collaborative spirit, openness, flexibility, and curiosity. And I think those are very important things to remember if you're thinking about going into a therapist or, or talking to a coach, um, keeping those things in mind. If you want to grow and you want it to be a positive experience and you want to learn about yourself, those are the things to keep in mind. So Mary, um, Marina Harris had that article that we expanded on a little bit in psychology today. Um, I think that was a good one. Anything you want to add on that? Um, not that I can think of. I think that was really good. I think just allowing themselves to first, I think, show up without judgment for themselves. I think that holds a lot of people back when I've had some consultations of, you know, it can be scary, but if you know that you're in it for the growth and for things that are going to change and be better um, and allow some healing that you have to release the self-judgment. Right. That is so true. We are our biggest critics at times. Okay. Well, I hope our listeners got something out of that. And if you're thinking about going off into a counseling session or a coaching session that you can take these tools with you. And as always stay cheeky. <laughs>